And you know what? We are live here on this show right now. 99 Pod. What's going on, folks? It's not 1999 anymore. And believe it's not. So won't y'all like and subscribe to the channel to get them notifications that we have coming your way. And we have a lot coming your way. Man, I wasn't even supposed to hit the intro, bro. Because this is not like a regular show. What we want to do right here is have a nice conversation and debate about boxing right now. But at the end of the day, I had to procrastinate because, you know, the topic wasn't ready in the system. But now it is. So sometimes, you know, the food is not baked yet. But right now it's baked and we ready to go right now. So make no mistake. I am here and I am ready. Like Freddie, I'm coming for y'all and y'all dreams. Okay. With this sports business that we got going on. Because, man, I'm hyped. Even though I shouldn't be. Right. You see, you know, behind me on my wall, the Knicks. Right. They always got to kill a brother momentum, man. I mean, these guys can't. We bound to save their mamas, literally. Fourth quarter, what's going on? What's going on? Can we get a, a fourth quarter rebound, please? I don't believe we have one. And if we did, we hallelujah. Wow. Okay. I'm enlightened. Come on, Tom Thibodeau. What's going on? Where's the adjustments at, man? Listen, man. I don't even want to talk about it no more. I know my guy Dino. He's in pain too. You know, with his Celtics that lost, that should have been up three one. Okay, he left my guy James Harden wide open, okay? And we know 3-1, 2-2 is a difference between a shot. A shot can make that difference, okay? Ask um, the Kings with Harrison Barnes. When he missed that wide open three, that could have put them up 3-1. Then it was 2-2, and you already know what happened after that. Okay, make a miss the league. But listen, that's why we're talking boxing right now, to kind of get our minds off of the struggle. I got my guy, 99Pod, contributor Dino in the building. Dino, what's going on, my guy? Oh man, Leo, it's good to be back. It's been a busy, busy time working just in the new schedule, but we are back and we are ready to go. We got a night episode for you guys, and we hope to deliver you guys some great content as always, as promised. Absolutely. You know, we got to deliver on our promises, right? And we might as well talk about the boxing fight that happened, the big boxing fight that happened on Saturday. Okay, Canelo Alvarez, he cruises to a wide, unanimous decision over John Ryder but I have two questions here and I want to start off with this question is it fair to say that Canelo Alvarez is declining because Dino you know me man I'm always plugged in into the boxing universe I always hear the word through the grapevine and the word that I'm hearing through the grapevine is that Canelo may be declining now I know you are a Canelo guy I want to hear from your perspective is Canelo indeed declining well, I don't want to put that label on him just yet. I believe he is still only 32 years old. And, you know, technically speaking, in uh, genetics and bodily wise, that is your athletic prime as a male, 28 through 32. So he's still in his athletic prime. However, on the flip side, he's been in boxing for a very long time, many professional fights. Uh, was he, I believe he was in the 60s now for professional fights or close to it. That's a lot of wear and tear on the body, and that's a lot of – time and experience in the ring so it's nothing to take lightly for sure but i will say i want to see the rematch with dimitri bivol in september and depending on how that goes then i feel it'll be more of a more appropriate time to open up that conversation because if he does not beat dimitri bivol in september if he gets granted the rematch then that will be a very big hit on his legacy and his career uh, losing twice to bivol however I believe that it's props to him for taking that fight. Bivol's a light heavyweight. He's a bigger dude, naturally. So he poses a bigger threat. 
and I just want to see what happens. That's a big thing. I just want to see what happens in September if he gets the B-Vol rematch. Because if he wins, then it, the conversation's moot. But if he loses, then it's like, oh, man, like literally where does he go after B-Vol if he loses to B-Vol? Where does he go? Dave Benavidez, knock him out in two rounds. I mean, I don't know where we go with that. I had to throw that out there for you, Lil. We got to spice it up a little bit. I know we're gonna get if he loses to Bivol. I generally don't know where Canelo goes because that um, might signal that he might be a little bit past his time. But let's see what happens in September. So, I guess my next question before I get my take on that decline perspective, right? From the fight that you saw on Saturday, you know, against Ryder, do you think that that version of Canelo will stand the better shot against Bivol in the rematch? You know, I'm not too sure because I'm not sure what weight they're going to be fighting at. I know Bivol wants Canelo's belts to be included in the next fight. Like, hey, you should give up your super middleweight belt since I won, which is fair because now he's kind of the A side. He just won. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Is Bivol going to go down or is Canelo going to go back up? I think if Canelo goes back up, he's going to have to utilize his jab more and he's going to have to really make Bivol respect his jab because he didn't do that in the last fight. Bivol was just walking him down because Canelo wasn't using his jab and he wasn't afraid. So I think that's the biggest thing. If Canelo utilizes his jab against Dimitri Bivol and he makes him fear his jab when he's coming in for a shot, that's going to ultimately change the fight. So that's what I believe his biggest thing that he has to do is in order to beat Bivol. And if he fixes that, I don't see why he he could lose or at least make the fight closer or not win. So I think it gives him a way better shot because his jab was MIA in that first Bivol fight, missing. Bivol was just walking him down. He was just eating shots. It was the whole fight. So, got to utilize that jab. I will say this. You know, backtracking a bit here to the decline, you know, Canelo's declining theory that's circulating all through the algorithms. You know, I think he is. And I think the moment I peeped the decline was when he didn't get Triple G in that trilogy out of there. I mean, you're talking about a guy in Triple G that, yes, I understand... Yeah, now he is a guy, but he's not that guy, right? And there's a difference. He is a guy, but he's not that guy like how he was before. I'm talking about the fair Triple G. I'm talking about, yes, he still packed a, a punch, but, man, he was a different type of time in Triple G, right? Listen, a creepy-looking Triple G. I mean, the guy looked like Vladimir Putin. All right? The guy couldn't smile. And towards the end of his career, my guy, can't, you can't get him to stop smiling. That's not the version of Triple G that I want to see Canelo fight. Okay, and he went in there, picked up a check, and that was it. And Canelo said consistently, I'm going to knock you out. That's what I'm aiming for. The motivation for me to take this fight is to knock him out. Okay, eliminate the controversy of the two fights and knock him out clean. And he couldn't do that. He couldn't knock him out, right? And on top of that, John Ryder, okay, on Saturday, broke his nose, second round. Couldn't breathe. I can't breathe. Nah, it's not working, okay? And he couldn't even get him out of there. I mean, you look at the ring. The ring was 18 by 18. It was a phone booth, okay? He couldn't run. He couldn't hide, just like my theme song on this show. You can run, but you can't hide, okay? It comes so fast, it's suicide, okay? It was suicide in that ring. He was in the lines then. But yet, broken nose and all that, Canelo, who was aiming to get the knockout in this fight, it's not like he's showing mercy. Hey, people, who may be showing mercy. No, he ain't showing no daggone mercy. He wanted to get him out of there. He couldn't even get him out of there. Canelo, in the past, was knocking guys out. I got to give it to him. 
I mean, Amir Khan, I understand Amir Khan shot up in weight to try to fight him. So, you know, Canelo was always a stronger guy. But, I mean, he sent him to the dogs. He sent him to the wolves, right? You see him constantly knocking guys out, playing. He stopped playing, right? But the knockouts are not happening anymore. You talk about him, you know, manipulating his body, moving up in weight, coming back down. He went up to 175 to fight b came back down to 168 to fight Triple G. I mean, the wear and tear, my brother, I, I, I see a decline. I, I got to be real with you. If Ryder packed a punch that Canelo could have respected that night, on Saturday, this fight would have been much closer, and potentially we could have saw an upset in his home count in his hometown. Because don't get me wrong, the work weight, the work weight with Ryder and Canelo, Ryder matched the work weight. Like I saw the fight, the work weight matched. He's a tough guy, but yeah. he didn't pack. He didn't pack no power. Canelo got to respect that power, and clearly he didn't, and that's why he was able to win a decisive victory. I give him that decisive victory in front of his home turf. But it wasn't anything spectacular. It wasn't prime Canelo. And that's why I think he's declining. You know, that's and that's fair. That's respectable take. I just really, I really think that the biggest thing is, is I want to see how he does against B-Ball. Because here's the thing. Floyd Mayweather wasn't knocking guys out towards the end of his career. But he was still winning those fights. So, I mean, guy as, had as people get older, defense, though. Like, you know, Canelo could be a little stationary. That's you know? true. Yeah. That is true, but at the same time, Mayweather also he wasn't getting guys out of there. He was just sticking and moving. I mean, amazing defense, but he also wasn't getting guys out of there. And like as people get older, normally they don't really get guys out of there as easy anymore because they're not as you know they're not as young. And I just I don't know. I, I don't want to put the label on Canelo declining just yet. I want to give it a little more time because he's still thirty two. I mean, granted, you know, in his thirties now, but. You know, I just want to, I want to give it, see what happens there for the B-ball fight. And I want really, I want to see his performance because if they go into a slugfest and he loses barely on the scorecards, I don't know if I call that declining. But if he gets worked like he did in the first fight, then I think it would be a fair assessment to bring it up then. Be like, okay, now this has some substance. But I know what you mean. He should have, he should have got Triple G out of there and he should have got Ryder out of there. He should have, but he didn't. I mean, what's done is done. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll see what happens in September as, as long as the uh, contracts get signed. I'm going to get my Dylan Brooks on. I'm going to poke the bear here, right? I'm going to spice things up here. Okay, like and subscribe, y'all. I'm about to spice things up, right? Because right now, you know, like you said, what's done is done, right? He cruised past Ryder. We are looking ahead to what's next for Canelo. Me personally, and I'm not the only one. I know this, okay? I've been reading comments all day. I'm not the only one that thinks that Canelo should fight the Mexican monster next. You know, everybody want to see it. All the boxer fans. I was looking at a poll from um, Fight Hub, right? 4,000 votes, okay, in 27 minutes. Who should Canelo fight next? 50% of the votes went to David Benavidez, okay? Everybody wants to see that fight. Mayweather, Mike Tyson, everybody, you name it, they want to see the fight. Listen, we know boxing, right? The fans know who they want to see. Right, the boxing elites that box in the sport know what fight is better, and everybody's pointing to the Mexican monster. Me personally, Dino, I don't think the Bevo rematch is a good way to go, and I'm gonna uh, explain everything because I don't think you could ever get a fight with the winner not being shortened with excuses. For example, when they fought at 175, and I heard it, my own ears, 
right? Oh, the, the weight was too much for Canelo. That was the excuse. Even Canelo said it. Like, the weight was too much, right? That was the excuse. And B-Vaw didn't really get, get his credit. And you know what? Dino, I know you're an honest guy. And I know you know that that loss to B-Vaw did not hurt Canelo's stock like that. Like, yes, obviously off a loss, you kind of do, like, go down. But he didn't go down. Right. right. Like it did not hurt him at all. So I think Canelo, you know, it's a less risk of a fight in the sense that, yes, it may be more risk moving up and weight and fighting somebody stronger than you compared to the young lion, you know, David Benavides. But it's less risk as far as, OK, if I lose, because let's say that was Benavides that did Canelo like that. Now he lost all leverage. Here. He definitely not the A side no more. So I think Bevo, he he really can't win at 175. So if I'm Bevo, I don't even know if I want to go to 168 because then are we going to have a rehydration clause in the contract? Canelo has used three of those rehydration clause, right? Is it going to be an excuse then? So because the natural rate is a difference, I don't think that fight makes sense because somebody, the winner is not going to get their credit. Like if Canelo wins at 168, He's not going to get his credit unless they have no stipulations in the contract and everything is on the even playing field. Then maybe, but I don't think he gets his full credit there. I don't think he gets his um full credit Bevo at 175. It's going to be excuses. Well, it, it's tough to see because, you know, a lot of people, you know, when they lose, it's sort of like, you know, the emotion instantly rise. You lose like, yeah, you know, like I don't want to make an excuse, but so it's kind of there because you're a little bit, in, sometimes you're in denial about losing, you know, like, I lose in, you know, certain things in life, whether it's, you know, getting a job or um, maybe it's a freaking game of chess or even when I go spar in the boxing ring or when I play soccer, like, yeah, you lose it instantly. You're like, man, like, what the heck? That's BS. And you start, you think about it emotionally because it just happened. But then when you sit back and reflect, it's like, you know, I probably could have done more. Canelo already had a belt at light heavyweight. He knocked out Kovalev a few years back, remember? So he's fought that weight before. In my eyes, there is no excuse. He got outboxed. He got outmatched. And Bivol just controlled the fight better. He sat there, walked him down, and Canelo couldn't had no answers to it. It was a, it was a bad night for him. And I think you just got to own up to it and say, you know what? I got to be better. Because what? 168 to 175, it's seven pounds, eight pounds. It's not that massive of an a increase. I mean, he's probably walking around heavier than that. So I don't think that the weight is really a good thing to use as an excuse because it's so close together. If he if he was jumping up to like cruiser weight and he was at two hundred pounds, I'd be like, okay, like that's a little little different, but it's only about an eight pound difference. So I don't see why anyone with you know like a sensible take, it's like, all right, well, you just got outboxed. You know, there's no excuses. And unfortunately, regards- Dino, a lot of Canelo fans. They are in denial. Like I mean, yeah, I but like I said, you it know, all comes with it all comes with like knowledge and experience of actually doing it. Like when I, when you go in there and actually do it, it's different. Like I, I can't tell you how many people I've seen come in and out of the gym where I, I see them once and then I never see them again. It takes people, a special person, to go in that ring and go out consistently like that. And I just think that if more people did, they would have a better understanding instead of just like being a fan and not really grasping the full concept of it because there are plenty of people like that it's where they don't really understand boxing in that way but it's all right because 
that's what we get debates for. And the people in the media, like, you know, Max Kellerman and all that stuff, they all love, they all love to talk about this stuff. But in reality, you know, I just, I, I feel like it's a little but too much to say it's an excuse for him to lose by going up eight pounds. You got out box, dude. Go back in there, make your adjustments, utilize your jab, and go win the go win the rematch. Whether it's at 168 or 175, you got to make your adjustments, and you have to be better prepared than you were last time. So you got like Canel's my dude, but I'm shooting it straight. You got to be better prepared, and you got to fight a better fight. And I think he got a fight a fight that people want to see. Shouldn't it be about what the fans want? Like at the end of the day. You reach a certain plateau in your career, you should be fighting the fight that fans want to see. And I understand that Canelo has his own goals and whatever those goals are, those are his goals by all means. But at the end of the day, if you're a people's fighter, if you're the box office, the face of boxing, you need to put on the fights that people want to see. I actually think right now, and I'm not saying that Tank is the face of boxing right now, but I think he's entering that category. I really think he can make a case. Entering, let's say he yeah. fights entering. Haney next. If he fights Haney next and he wins, literally he's the face of boxing. Like, when you give the fights that people want to see, then you become that guy, especially when you have the knockout artistry that Tank has. And I think when you're Canelo and you look at his last fights, let's go back to the Bivol 1 fight, right? I knew who Bivol was prior to that fight. A lot of people didn't. Mm-hmm. You know how I know a lot of people did it? Because they picked Canelo to win that fight. The majority of the well, massive they, they bill. Picked him, they picked pick him easily. That was easily. the thing. It's like, ah, it is not that easy. So people didn't know who Bivol was. So that fight wasn't really, you know, interesting to the people. Then after that, you lose very, you know, decisively. Then you go down and fight an old chip of G, washed up, right? Nobody want to see that anymore. Like that fight, had that story, we moved past that, right? And then you fight, you know, the mandatory John Ryder, you know, outside of, you know, people from Mexico and, and boxing fans that really love boxing. We going to watch the fight if it's on. We just still don't want to see that fight. So I think Canelo, by not fighting the guys that we want to see, which is David Benavidez, which is David Morale, which is Andre, the guys in your home turf, that's actually hurting, you know, your boxing face of boxing status, where we just seen the mega fight, Tank and Ryan Garcia. 1.2 million pay-per-view buys. Like, I don't know. I, maybe I I'm do, crazy, but no, I think Tank I, is moving in there. I, I get what you're saying. I do agree. I believe that Tank is moving in there. He's not the face of boxing right now, but he's moving in there. However, I will disagree in the sense of this. Who is Tank's biggest name before fighting Ryan Garcia? I would say Leo's, like, as far as best fighter and name is different. I think Wally Romero did a good job of selling that fight. And that did really did. good as far as pay-per-view. His personality, yeah. But Leo, Leo Santa Cruz is probably the best fighter that he fought prior to, you know, Ryan Garcia. And probably still, like, Leo Santa Cruz. And now their names, their names are nowhere near Ryan Garcia. This was Tank's first really big mega fight. This is his first one. And he's, what, 27-0, 28-0? It's 28 fights. This is his first well, mega quickly, fight. And now, you know. now you look at Haney. Haney's getting up there now because now he fought Cambosis twice. After Cambosis upset Lopez, and now he's going to fight Loma. So now Haney's starting to get going. Now Tank is starting to get going. Canelo's already had big fights under his belt. All these newer guys, they're finally starting to get their bigger fights. And then but the remember, thing this is, is the problem we have with boxing. This is the problem because there's too many belts still. And true. now we're starting to see it a little bit more where like these big names are fighting. Now we got Haney Loma later this month. Great fight. 
Josh Taylor, Teofimo Lopez, another good fight. Now it's starting to come together, but is it going to fizzle out as usual? I don't know. And that's the problem that we still need to see fixed is the best just aren't fighting the best across all weight classes. It's a whole boxing universal problem that we've been calling for to get fixed for a long time. So I think well, it's I think, not really just specifically Canelo, but it's more of boxing as a whole. But I think in sports and everything right now, there's something called recency bias. But also in boxing, it's even more so. It's about what you do today. So when we have the conversation about face of boxing, we are really not talking about the deal that Canelo signed with the zone, right? That I think it was like a 12 fight, $365 million deal. We're not talking about that anymore. We are talking about today, like right now. And mm -hmm. I think that Tank and Ryan Garcia fight literally pushed, like literally shot up Tank to that category where you can make an argument for his side because it's like the last big fight that Canelo fought that was big, saying, you know, stratosphere of the Ryan Garcia tank fight was the Triple G fights. And those happened a couple years ago. On that stratosphere, yes, but keep in mind all the fights that, and granted, I was pleasured to go see a few of them, all the fights he was fighting at super middleweight, he didn't have those belts. He went to go take over that division. So other people had those belts. Caleb Plant had a belt. Billy Joe Sarnes had a belt. Kyle Smith had a belt. They all had a belt already. He went and just took it over. So in real boxing, people know, like, we know, like, those are good fights. I understand to the casual, like, oh, like, Tank Ryan Garcia, like, yeah, that mega fight. I agree. A mega fight he hasn't had since Triple G2, which has been a few years ago. However, he the, his mission to go up in weight, super middleweight, and get those belts from other people makes them big fights. Because he didn't, he wasn't defending those belts. He went to go get them. And that's but where the I, thing have to is, that. I think he's had me, big right? fights. Like Tank and Ryan Garcia, no belt was on the line. But that fight still, legacy-wise, is more bigger than any fight in that division for a belt. It's bigger than the Lomachenko's and the Haney's for the belts. Like, I, 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 I have personality-wise, but I, I personality-wise, I could agree with that. But I think that I personally think that if it's Haney and Tank for the belts, I think that's oh yeah, that's a different yeah, that, that's a different stratosphere. Yeah. You know, because it's Tank, the box office guy, versus the guy with the belts, and he Actually, has the opportunity to Check get that right now. Check that right now. For the belts or without the belts, I think something bigger than Tank and Ryan is Tank Shakur. I think you that go. is going to exactly. be. That's going to be uh, massive. That also, because the show, the lightweight division is just loaded. Like, yeah. super middleweight is nowhere near as loaded as lightweight. Lightweight's probably the most loaded division in all of boxing, right? Lightweight and then probably heavyweight. So, like, I mean, the options are there for him. If he go and if I'll say this, if Tank goes out and cleans house, if he cleans out Haney, maybe Loma, uh, Shakur, especially because I think I think Shakur is the best fighter in that division. Look, he already cleaned it. He cleaned out Pitbull, and he, I mean, I want to say cleaned out that that's respectful because Pitbull fought a good fight. He beat Pitbull and he beat Ryan. So now, if he goes out and beats Haney, Loma, maybe, and Shakur. I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. Or if he beats Haney decisively, I'll give it to Tank that he's the face. But right now, I don't even think Canel's the face of boxing. I think Canel's number two. And who do you think the is face, number one? Tyson Fury? The face of boxing is Tyson Fury, no matter how you slice it. And I'll tell you why. I understand his two recent fights, Derek Chisora, Dillian White, 
I get it. But look at the draw he's bringing in. Wembley Stadium, 90,000 people. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, 65,000 people. Selling it out. Massive draws. That against Dillian White and Derek Chisora. He's doing all of that, and everyone's tuned in for it still. Even if they're even if they're not mega wilder fights, he's still doing it. Fury's the biggest draw in boxing. I gotta disagree with you, Dino. Okay. I'm gonna tell you That's why. What we're here for the debates, everybody. That's what we bring to you. I'm gonna tell you why. Number one, I think you can make the case, and this is nothing to do with record, because this guy has lost two out of his last three fights, right? But Anthony Joshua is a bigger Jordan Tyson Fury. If you want to talk about packing seats, and I'm serious, like packing Wembley Stadium. Um, Anthony Joshua was doing that way before Tyson Fury was doing that, like way before. Like he laid the blueprint. And that's why I think that fight is more attractive to Tyson Fury than the Usyk fight. I don't think he wants no parts of Usyk. And I think that was evident with the negotiations, right, that we didn't see, that we never got clarity on why it fell through. But we can, you know, put two and two together and try to get four. Anthony Joshua is always going to have a big fight because what about his last himself. one? What about well, his last? Right, no one was watching that. No, 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 not Jermaine Johnson, of course, but he's always going to have a big fight against an elite fighter at the top of the class because he brings the social media followings and the guys in the seats. Like, think about the followers on Instagram, and I understand. You know, I understand it. it's horrible coming with the Instagram, but this is how boxing works today, right? Unfortunately, it's not only about, you know, actual live attendance. It's also about social media. I mean, this is where we come to in boxing. That's why Ryan Garcia, why do you think Ryan Garcia got the tank fight? That was social media, bro. That was literally social media. Mm. It was not he fought this guy to get that fight. No, it was like, listen. I got a bunch of followers on Instagram, and I'm popular. Let's make this fight happen. That's the only reason why Ryan Garcia got that fight. So technically, social media matters. And Anthony Joshua got more followers than Tyson Fury, okay? And he packs around the same as far as, you know, fights or not fights, but um attendees at these fights. Yeah, and I do – I will say that AJ is marketed – better than fury is i will say that i do oh. agree because i remember when aj was originally talking to tyson fury all these years back he was like come to my uh my agency and we'll market you to be a global superstar like, he said that to him and fury was like no he's like i, I, I want to box i want to fight so like I, you look at it like that aj is marketed better he is and i however i don't think him and fury are gonna fight i don't think i do not think that's gonna happen i think i really think that aj is gonna fight wilder I think it's coming. I, I you know feel like crazy? this super. I feel like this super heavyweight tournament on the same card. I think is going to happen. I think Wilder and Joshua are going to be the co-main to Fury and Usyk in Saudi Arabia, and whatever happens there is going to set the division ablaze. I think it's a brilliant idea, first of all, because another problem in boxing is the cards. You know, everyone sure everyone tunes in for the main event, but how often is it that you really want to sit there and watch the whole card? Now that's a fact. And I can make the argument that Wilder, and I agree, I do think when it's all said and done, Usyk and, and Fury is going to be the main event. But I can make the case that Wilder and Anthony Joshua is a more exciting fight. That should probably be the main event based off the attractiveness of the fight. And when you think about the purse bids that we kind of saw, 
even though it may not be real. It was just um somebody that was verified in boxing that threw out the potential first bids of the fight. You can see that Wilder and Anthony Joshua is 50-50 split. And you will say, well, Wilder is the more exciting fighter. You're right, but it's 50-50. How so? That's because Anthony Joshua sells. That's why that fight right there is probably going to be 50-50 on the purse. And even though, you know, Tyson Fury is going to make more than both of those guys, that's mainly because he's at the top of the sport as far as, you know, being the number one, arguably the number one heavyweight. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I, I, I do get that, yeah. And the marketing is going to provide for a bigger It's going to come, exactly. It's going to come with that. They, I would prefer if they did, yeah, I prefer it if they did on their own card separately. But whatever they decide to do, We'll see what it is because if if we get the the super heavyweight tournament though, that's gonna sell a boatload of pay per views. So either way, I feel like either way, even if we get AJ Wilder on its own card or the super heavyweight thing that's being rumored out there, either way, it's a win win for us because we want to see it happen. That's the biggest thing, people. We just want to see it happen. But now let me go. Let me backtrack real quick to David Benavidez. Yes, I, I do not. <laughs> yeah, 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 I do not think he should fight Canelo next. I don't think he deserves to fight Canelo next because besides Caleb Plant, I don't see a massive win on his resume. I think that right now, what David Benavides has to go do is go fight Demetrius Andrade, and let's see how that goes. Let's see Andrade and Benavides go at it, and then after that, the winner can get Canelo after Canelo fights Bivol in September. I think that path makes much more sense than Benavidez just jumping up and fighting Canelo. I understand the attraction. I understand that the stylistically how much of a great fight Benavidez Canelo will be, but not right now. Give the dude. I want to see Benavidez under the lights again, and especially I want to see Andrew under those same lights. I want to see them both in the ring. I think that would be a tremendous fight, and it's really going to open up to see like, okay, this is who deserves Canelo more. We saw Andre call out Canelo after the um, – after the Billy Joe fight, you know, we understand they all want Canelo. That's the money fight right there. Canelo's the draw. Just like how, you know, you say AJ is Canelo's still the draw. They both, they all want him. So now let's see them duke it out. And then after that, the winner gets Canelo in next May, Cinco de Mayo weekend after Canelo fights B-Ball. That's what I think. And, you know, they both Mexican fighters. So that date actually ring alarms, right? That That's actually a perfect scenario, but I feel like it's unrealistic because let's say he fights Bevo next, which is sure looking like it, and I'm predicting him to lose to Bevo again. I don't think Canelo's team is going to advise him to jump right into the David Benavidez fight off a loss. Like, I just don't think that's good business for them, right? Even though we want to see it. So, you're probably talking about another tuna fight, and we already start to see most people start to see decline in Canelo. Do you want to rate a couple more years? And this is why this fight is perfect to happen in September, because I think there's reasonable cause on both sides. Think about it. David Benavidez, eh, he's not in his prime yet, but the guy's a monster, right? He destroyed everybody he's fought recently. And if referee Bayless wasn't on the payroll, he's packing up plant out of there. He did more damage to plant. I understand stoppage, more damage. It's boxing. I think he got more damage done, right? But I think for me, this is this is it right here. David Benavides is not fully in his prime. That's reasonable cause for Canelo. However, like a couple boxing fans spotted, maybe there is a little bit of decline in Canelo. 
So there's reasonable cause to make this fight happen now. He fought on the big stage against Caleb Plant. I actually thought that he showed more in that fight, in the biggest fight. And I've been watching David Benavidez. He showed me more from a tactician standpoint. He showed me that he was willing to be patient in closing the distance. He overcame the distance. You know, it was good game plan. He followed it to a T. You know, I saw the chess moves that he made that he really doesn't get credit for. All he gets credit for is throwing these barrage of punches and getting you out of there, especially in the second half. I think this fight is great because Canelo is Canelo. Like, he's going to come forward. He's going to throw a lot of body shots. But we know that there is holes in Canelo's game. We saw it against Bivol. He doesn't throw a lot of jabs. Stamina issues could be a thing with Canelo, right? He tends to wear off a little bit. Like, he's a great starter. But then towards the end, he wears off. Benavidez, what do we know about him from watching his fights? That's when he's at his best in the second half of fights. So I think it's a very interesting clash of styles. And David Benavidez, even though he doesn't have one punch, you know, power, knockout power, the volume, I think Canelo will have to respect that. Listen, I understand that, you know, we talked about him, you know, taking the belts and cleaning out. But Billy Joe Saunders, let's be real, he packed no punch. Pillow fist all across the board. Okay, well, Caleb, you're asking about UK fighters. Him. UK skillful, fighters are like that, though. I get it. And I understand, skillful, both of them are skillful. And I think Billy Joe, by the way, he announced that he's, you know, fighting soon. He announced that today. Um, I think him and Plant will be a good fight, you know, for the styles, right? They, they the same thing. But packed no power. It was tailor-made for Canelo. And I think David Benavides is a more is a more popular fight. I think it's a riskier fight for both of them. Like I think it's risky for David Benavides fighting against Canelo when you just fought Plant. But yeah, I also think it's risky for Canelo. Two, if he loses two, people are gonna question, be like, "Oh, that all the hype for what?" Listen, I don't think it's. It depends on how he loses. Like let's say David Benavides, twenty four years old, loses to Canelo. In a good fight, we're not gonna say, Oh, David Benavides, you're done. If that happens, I'm not watching boxing anymore because you just fought Canelo Alvarez, like literally, and yeah. you almost won, like it was a close fight. You know, he would have to get destroyed for us to be like, Well, you know, yeah, Mexican monster, yeah, okay. But yeah. I think he really is a Mexican monster, and I think Canelo is still Canelo, and I think that fight makes sense. Like, before obviously, there's a lot more for Canelo to gain. If he beats Bivol, I will give you that. Like, there's a lot more to gain beating a guy like Bivol, but there's not a lot to lose. So it's a safe fight. But Benavides, he has a lot more to lose. You know what I'm saying? So I agree. You know, and I think that's why he wants the Bivol fight, because he'd rather have a lot more to win than a lot more to lose. And it just comes down to chess. And that's what these fighters do. Not only Canelo. I'm not picking on Canelo. Mayweather did the same goddamn thing, right? When these fighters get to a certain plateau and they be known as A-side fighters, they have a way of, I'm not going to use the word cherry pick, right? I'm not going to be disrespectful here. But trust me, everything they do is strategic. Mm -hmm. If that's a better word than cherry pick and we don't want to go that route, they strategically fight the fights that they want to fight, the styles, maybe the risk. You know, all right, this guy's risky here. 
but it doesn't come with a lot of rewards. So I'm just going to avoid you like that really happens. Anybody don't, that don't think that happens or it hasn't been happening with Canelo is I don't know what to tell you. Like, for example, Andrade, he had an opportunity to fight Andrade. The money was there, $45 million, you know, to make that fight. But it was like, okay, Andrade is a little bit risky. Yeah, I think I can beat Andrade, but it's risky, and it's not a lot of reward because who has he fought? What is he bringing to, you know, pay-per-view? So I'm going to avoid him, and once the belt changed hands, because that's exactly what happened, I'm going to come back for that same belt that I could have fought Andrade for, and I'm going to get that belt. Look, and I understand, but here's the thing. Canelo got to a certain point. He's fought all these mega fights throughout his career. He fought Mayweather, fought Golovkin, fought Amir Khan, fought all these big fights coming in. Wins those fights, most of them. And now he's the debility because he's got, he's the draw. People want to see Canelo. They're going to buy the pay-per-view. They're going to go sell out the arena. They're going to watch Canelo and tune in wins Canelo. He's the name and, and the face. He earned that by going through and doing all those fights. Bivol, uh, not Bivol, Benavidez and Andrade need to get closer to that level because I w- look at, I mean, in, to Canelo's defense, look at their resumes. It's not like where he is. And I understand he has more fights. He's older. He's more fights under his belt. But like, I just want to see them go against more like, top name guys where I'm like, okay, this is a fight. Like Benavidez plant, I was like, okay, this is a fight. Now we're really going to see this. And Benavidez showed up, and he did well. And he executed a good game plan. Because I had plant winning early in the fight, but then he Benavidez turned around, took like the last six rounds. Hats off to you. Second man. half shutout. Ha- ha- yeah, hats off to him. I saw, I'm like, okay, like, he got it, but let me see him get another one. Let me see him get one more. Let me see him go against Andrade. Why not? Why not? In in October, November, why not? Let's see it. Let's see them go at it. Let's see who's more legit against because they're two big names. We want to see the big names. These are two big names. We gotta see it. Because look, you take Canelo. Look, what another one one year? It's not that much of a difference. It's not that much. Canelo's still boxing, right there. In boxing, right there. He's in right, boxing. In, like one year, three hundred sixty-five really... days. We got. I want to see Canelo versus. Benavides, 365 days. One more fight for each of them. It's still close to the time frame. But I will say, after that, if it goes past 365 days, then that's when I think the excuses are going to come. Like, oh, Canelo was started declining. He was past his prime. If if this fight is not made within 365 days, I agree with your take on that. And this is my one of my final points on this, right? Because... As I'm projecting into the future, because that's kind of like what we do in boxing. We project into the future, right? We know that fighters take a couple months off. Credit to Canelo Alvarez. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, I see the decline. But credit to him. I'm not going to short him on on the activity. God been fighting twice a year. You know, one year he fought three times a year. You know, like he's the activity, the wear and tear. Like it's real. But, you know, credit to him for the activity. Some fighters, they fight once a year and all this. But I think for me, as I'm projecting into the future and I see him fighting before in September and I see him losing, I'm going to see Benavides next. I see a tune-up fight. And then you do the tune-up fight and then you got to wait a couple more months for the Benavides fight. And, you know, by that time, do we really see a distinctive decline in Canelo? Because we can. Like, for example, I'm not going to lie. 
I'm a Bud fan, but I'm not going to lie. The Bud that I saw in the last fight is not the prime Bud that I saw. You know, it, it, with all due respect, to be honest with you, like, Edward Spence hasn't fought in a year, and they look like they're trying to, you know, make that fight happen. These guys are inactive, and it's messing up the sport. And that that's my thing. I'd rather see a fight happen early. And I understand that Mayweather and, and Canelo is a very good example to use to try to shoot down my narrative that I'm about to spit. That fight happened too early. It was a lot of excuses. You you actually should be happy Mayweather fought somebody early because he was fighting guys late. Mm-hmm. He fought Eddie Pacquiao late. He fought Sugar Shane late. So now it's more of a knock on Mayweather, right? Because I get on Mayweather. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to act like a hero here. I get on him for not fighting Pacquiao's prime, but he fought Canelo early. So I think I'd rather see, me personally, fights happen early than happen late. Like Ryan Garcia Tank, you could say that happened early. Right? These guys are still young. It happened early. But I'd rather it happen early than happen late where you have more excuses when it happens late. Oh, decline here. Oh, these fathers decline. It ain't happened in his prime. Two years too late. Right? Amir Khan and Kel Brook, decades too late. I'd rather see it happen early. And I think, yes. Straight answer. Is this fight David Benavidez and Canelo Alvarez too early to make? The case, you can make a case for it because, you know, David Benavidez, although is a very dangerous fighter, destroyed everybody pretty much that he fought, he still could show a few more fights against the Andres and the Morales. However, I would rather see it early than Canelo potentially fighting two fighters before Benavidez, and now he's 34, and there's a distinctive decline. I do understand that. I guess for my take, and I agree with that, I guess my take is I think Canelo can win the rematch. I think if Canelo, I really think if he utilizes his jab and he really utilizes it and puts it into his game plan, uses it effectively, I really think he can win against Bivol. I think it's a different fight. And I think if he does, I think if he wins the, I'm anticipating him to win the rematch. That's where my basis claims. I really think if he makes that adjustment, he'll be fine. And that's where I'm leaning towards. You know what? 365. That's it. Give him 365 days from now. If it's past that, then then I don't I don't know if I really want to. It's not gonna have as much hype as it will have if it's done within the next year. That's the way. That's what I think. But I'm anticipating him to win. So if he loses, I agree that could mess everything up. And, Dino, any last thoughts as we segue out of this show? You know, it was a good 45 minutes chopping it up. Any last thoughts that, you know, you want to throw out there before we close? Oh, man. You know, we got some good fights coming up, man. For all these boxing fans out there, you know, me and Leal are going to be tuned into them. We got we got Haney and Loma later this month. We got Teofimo and Josh Taylor next month. We got some good fights coming up. So I'm very excited. It's been a pretty good spring so far in terms of fights. And now we're hoping to close out uh, the spring or hopefully start the early summer with Bud and, and uh, Errol Spence because I don't know whoever's watching out there, but Spence said the negotiations went pretty good. Uh, came out today or yesterday, I think. So fingers crossed for that. Um, we're hoping to get these big fights in. Uh, hopefully Tank and Ryan Garcia really you know, started a more consistent trend of getting the big fights because, look, after they agreed, oh, that's all trickled in. Haney and Loma trickled in. Taylor and Teofimo trickled in. So let's keep our fingers crossed and uh, let's go Celtics tomorrow, yeah? <laughs> I feel you on that, man. You know, I don't even want to say let's go next, man. We we done. We pretty much done. It's a wrap, right? The cows are coming home. But, you know, 
I think for me, the close on in the sport of boxing, I think if I had to give a final take, a final lap, a final dance here, you know, 2023 has a chance to be a very great year in boxing, unlike any other year that we saw in recent memory. You know, we started off with the Ryan Garcia and Tank fight, a mega fight that happened, you know, and, you know, I won't say that fight was great, but the fact that it happened, we can't complain. Like, it's like, all right, it happened. And that's what we wanted. I don't care if it was lopsided. It, it happened. It needed to happen. We wanted it. We was craving for it. We got it. And I think that accelerated the Terrence Crawford and Elwood uh, Spence because they're looking at it like, yo, these two young studs could get this fight together. Why can't we? So I think we need to have these blocks go down so it could cause a trickle-down effect to everybody else so they could start smelling the roses because they're going to want some of that shine. Like, if you're Terrence Crawford and you're watching this mega fight, Ryan Garcia and Tank, I mean, of course you're going to give Edward Spence a call to try to make the fight happen. And I think the fact that these two guys, no love loss, is getting on the call to make the fight happen themselves, that's what I want to see. And I want to continue seeing that. I think everybody else should follow. And to cap it off, if we can get this big heavyweight card with Anthony Joshua versus um, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Ferry, versus Alexander Usyk, then, I mean, hey, could we ask for anything else? Like, Dino, there's this narrative out here, and I was thinking about this on Saturday night as I was watching Canelo and Ryder, as I was watching, you know, um, Sterling, you know, and, and that fight over there in the UFC, and I'm saying to myself, there's this narrative that UFC has taken over, over boxing, and it's a fair narrative, right? They have better cards. Right, fights get made. Fighters everything is system based. You know, everything is system based. Fighters fight the big fights. You know, and I agree. But I said to myself, take the biggest fight in boxing that could be made, and take the biggest fight in UFC. Boxing is smashing the UFC's biggest fight. Like literally, like I right I really now, pissed. right now, yes, Diaz is gone. Masvidal exactly. is gone. Jones is on. He says Mitch is going to be his last fight. He's going to retire. McGregor's been inactive or been hurt, been out for a few years. I don't see what big UFC fight is going to beat the biggest fight in boxing right now. And not Roman even McGregor and um, even so, even McGregor, yeah, and even if McGregor comes back, I don't see who he's going to fight that's going to be a bigger fight than you know. If it was him and Khabib, all right, but that's five years ago now. It's a long time. We ain't seeing that anymore. It. I don't see the biggest UFC fight beating the biggest boxing fight. No way. Exactly. Not even close. So boxing is basically, you know, if you want to get your act together, you can defeat the narratives. And this year, 2023, could be the year that boxing takes back the crown from UFC. And that's my biggest takeaway to leave us with. I agree. But we got to keep our fingers crossed and hope that these fights happen and you know, no injuries, no pullouts. We got to hope that they happen because if if they do, I think it'll be a massive year. And then the tides will start to turn again. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up another show here in the books. Once again, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel to get the notifications. And we're going to be back here on Wednesday to chop it up. NBA talk, NFL talk. You know what we do. We do it all the time. So make sure you lock in. Please like and subscribe for all the up-to-date content. 
We've been slinging shows left and right, slinging content left and right. Please don't miss anything. If you do, like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a question, something you may want to answer, something you may have. It's, all ideas are great ideas. Nothing's a dumb question. 